Hello, and welcome back to Motherhood Interrupted. I am your host, Kimberly Lovey. Welcome, 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 everyone. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And I know we have a ton of new listeners. I just want to say welcome. You found the right place, and we appreciate you joining us. Today is a very special episode because it's actually our 100th episode here on Motherhood Interrupted. Woo! Um, Yeah, I'm really excited about the milestone and this is our fourth season. So for those of you that are new, I just want to tell you the essence of the podcast is all about when you become a mom and how you are completely thrown off your everything, (laughs) your body, your mind, your soul, everything's broken. It's built back up again. The essence of the podcast really started over COVID and it's really metamorphosized. Ooh, metamorphosized, big word. Um, It's really kind of come into its own and it's a podcast for all of us. And it needed to be something that I felt really connected me with the listeners. And as I started to notice who was listening, it was mostly moms just like me. And I never thought I'd have like a mom podcast, but the whole point of it is that even for the mom that never dreamt of being a mom or the woman that never dreamt of being married and having kids, no matter, or if you are the mom that that's all you ever wanted, no matter what walk of life you're from, it's all about being inclusive and also being real, just being honest about what it's really like to be a woman. Maybe you were on a hard charging career path or maybe you weren't, maybe you were lost. I don't know, but nonetheless, wherever you were before you had kids, you definitely got interrupted on that path and that path is beautifully yours. There's no path that's better. There's no path that's worse. It's just a place to kind of hang out and learn and motivate each other, be inspired, be entertained, learn something, um, have fun together. Yeah. So that's really kind of what the community is all about. And it's really like, I just talk to you guys like you're my friends. And sometimes I spotlight really, really incredible people or regular people or people that have an interesting story. But um, I just love being here with you guys. So thank you so much for listening. And I know you have so many options in terms of where you want to listen. So I just want to let you know that it's important to me that you connect to the podcast. And if you have any thoughts or feelings or comments, no comment is too big or small. Just reach out to me, DM me at Kimberly Lovey. And yeah, let me know your thoughts. But if you could, if you do like the podcast, I would really appreciate if you can throw us five stars on Apple Podcast, give us a little review, let us know what you like, etc. cetera. Um, the world is really our oyster together. All right, enough of that. So I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a catch up and then I'm going to throw down some inspiration. So let's start with our first segment, which is kind of just what I've been up to. So I have to tell you guys the last, let's see, week and a half has been crazy. The kids are now back in school finally. And if you know me, my, everyone has their cute signs and their kids like dress perfectly and the hair is perfect. And you know, the signs that say, 
what school and what teacher and what your kid wants to be. And it's all adorable. And I was like a little bit late to the game. So I didn't really have time to find my signs this year. Like I'm working. It's just, it was just a lot going on. The baby, the whole thing. Um, so by the time it came time for my kids to go to school, I just took like a couple pictures before they left. And I, my caption was get out. <laughs> and that was the honest that was the honest caption I had. So um, that's kind of how we kicked off our school year. And I was not asked to be a room parent again this year. In fact, somebody from our PTA was like, oh, I heard you guys were switching schools. I'm like, nope, we were never switching schools. It's a rumor. I just fell off because, because, um, but it was really fun being a room parent last year. And by the way, if you haven't been a room parent, I do highly recommend that you go ahead and lean into that because being a room parent is the best way to get to know all the other parents and let's face it being a parent can be a dark lonely treacherous scary frustrating overwhelming path to say the least um and um yeah so anyway if you can go ahead and we love our school so much and I had a great time being a room parent and it really helped me get connected with all the families at our school so yes if you are on the fence about being a room parent or you decided to be one and you're like what did I get myself into good job you did it you nailed it um it's really fun and it's a great way to kind of lean into the community that that you're around so go make your presence known go support other parents that need the support and um yeah so I hope everyone's school year is off to a great start um so, oh, by the way, to that end, I also want to just comment that when I was at a birthday party a couple of weeks ago, there was a mom that had five kids and I looked at her and I was like, I don't know about you, but the more kids I have, the less judgment I have of other moms because it's just survival, man. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, oh, totally. I don't have time to judge other moms. I'm just trying to survive my own kids. I'm like, exactly. So um, it's just kind of funny to have that sentiment. And yeah, I was just talking to one of my girlfriends who might be on the podcast. She actually was on a TV show um, several years back. And I'm not going to say who it is, but she just had her first baby. And shout out to you if you know who you are. I'm not going to say anything, but she's in her first six, six weeks of being a mom and her baby's so cute. And anyway, it's just like, I was asking, oh, are you breastfeeding or you're not breastfeeding? How's that going? And she's like, well, I'm kind of doing both, but you know, all the moms say how important it is to breastfeed. I'm like, girl, whatever works for you and your baby, just do that. That's it. Nothing else matters. You're up all night. You're barely surviving. You know, you're not even a human. Who cares about if you're doing it the right way, quote unquote, or not? I mean, she's like, oh, these moms say that they've, you got to breastfeed for a year. I'm like, I had three kids. I didn't breastfeed any one of them for a year. Um, I just didn't have that milk. If I had the milk flowing and all the time in the world, maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. I just feel like everyone just be a good human and try and help other moms. When you see someone struggling or with a new baby, just ask if they're okay and let them know that the first, you know, six months is the hardest. And once the baby's sleeping, it'll be so much easier because you'll be like a human again. Maybe have your husband take a, one of the feeds in the middle of the night. Let them help you because if you can get like a four or five hour stretch, that that's golden. You know, all the things. So if anybody wants me to talk a little bit more about the newborn life, I'm happy to talk more about that in depth. Um, 
But with that, I have to tell you guys what we did yesterday. So randomly, so first of all, if you hadn't heard, we really hadn't taken any big trips over the summer because two reasons. One, I have too many kids for it to be enjoyable at this point and they're too young and I just don't have the energy to give to bring all three kids with me and Brian and two, it's incredibly expensive. So part of me felt a little bit bad that we didn't go like do Hawaii or do a big trip and um, the older kids, Carter and Charlotte, they're seven and six, and they're kind of at that age where it would be a good time to start taking them on bigger trips. But then I have baby London. So she's 18 months, and it's just a lot, you know? And I don't want to leave her, yet bringing her is a lot because she naps in the middle of the day. You know, she can get fussy. She can't, she can walk, but she can't talk. It's like that very awkward, kind of difficult, somewhat difficult age, at least, you know, I don't know, at least in my opinion. So, Charlotte randomly said she goes can we go on a real train one time and I was like absolutely I love that idea so yesterday I decided because it's a three-day weekend Labor Day weekend um, I booked the Amtrak I invited moms from school and nobody ended up coming which was totally fine Um, we ended up having an amazing family day And what we did was I booked, so if you guys are local, kind of around Westlake Village, um, what I did was I booked an Amtrak to Santa Barbara. And I hadn't been on an Amtrak in a while. And I booked us just regular coach because I thought, oh, okay, if we want, we can upgrade when we get there. But I didn't want to spend the money. Um, I felt like, I don't know, let's just see how coach is. So it was great. We drove down to the Camarillo station, which is right off the freeway. You literally can walk right on the train. It's the easiest thing. And then you take like an hour train ride over to Santa Barbara and it's like so smooth. It's fast. People are nice. It's clean. It's quiet. Um, so we get on the train. So we, I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you guys what happened. So first of all, let me back up. We le- we decide to leave baby London because she ends up getting a little like cold or something from probably from Carter, one of the kids. And it's like in her eye. Like she's like, it's like her eye is puffy. I'm like, okay, this is different. It's not pink eye, which by the way, I gave her the pink eye drops in case because, you know, mama three, I have all the drops, all the, it's like a pharmacy in my, our house now, right? After dealing with all the sicknesses and stuff between all the kids. So anyway, I throw in her pink eye drops. She doesn't really have a pink eye though. It's just like puffy. I'm like, hmm, that's odd. But like she does have a runny nose. So I'm like, okay, it's part of her virus, obviously, whatever. So we're leaving her home. My mother-in-law comes and watches her and I have us leave an hour before the train ride leaves and I because I don't I've never done it and I didn't know like is it hard to get to like I'm thinking like New York train you know what I mean like it's everything's complicated and hard to get to the platform and I just like didn't want to I didn't want to like be stressed out with the young kids because it's going to be hard to deal with like Carter and Charlotte like getting on the train if it's you know too if we get there too late etc we end up getting there it's 20 minutes away the train station we get there it's so easy we're actually 20 minutes early. So then we end up walking around for 15 minutes, which by the way, there's nowhere to walk around there. It's like downtown Camarillo, but like, yeah. So super easy. We get on the train, get in a coach. It's actually pretty full, but we ended up like next to this couple that had five kids, not with them. They're all adults. And they're like, oh, you guys can sit with us. And like, we made sure that Carter was facing forward because he gets car sick. And so I'm like, okay you have to face forward and so me and Brian faced backwards we were like it was like a foursome like a four top 
Um, so yeah, so we were able to sit together and then the kids had like coloring books and then Brian goes and he's like, okay, I'm going to go get the kids a snack. And the kids are like, I want to go. So he goes and gets the kids a snack. And like 10 minutes later, they come back and they have these chocolate croissants. And I'm like, how was the line? He's like, it was so long. It was like four carts long. And so I just grabbed these like croissants out of first class. I'm like, Brian, you can't do that. He's like, it's fine. I don't think anyone cares. I'm like, oh my God, you just stole croissants from the train people. Like we're going to get thrown off. This is horrible. And meanwhile, our kids are like slamming down the croissants, loving it. I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. This is like horrible. So whatever, they're happy. I'm like, okay, great. So maybe 30 minutes goes by and Brian's like, okay, we have to throw out this trash. And the kids are like, I want to go. Both of them, I want to go. Carter and Charlotte. So we're like, okay. I'm like, okay. And then, so they all three go and it's been like now like 25 minutes go by and I'm like, okay, we have only maybe like 10 more minutes of the train ride. Anyway, Brian comes back. Okay. Keep in mind, we will be getting there at about noon. 1150 is exactly when we're going to be there. We're going to be there for five hours. So we're going to go to a museum is the whole, is like our main plan, right? So I'm thinking we're going to get lunch and then go to the museum and then maybe walk around or whatever, depending on our timing. So it's like, 10 minutes till we're there. Brian comes back finally. I'm like, cause I'm thinking, why are, why is it taking them so long to throw out trash? Like I could have done it in 30 seconds. So they come back. Carter has a cheeseburger, chips and a drink. Charlotte has a hot dog, chips and a drink. Brian has two sandwiches, two turkey sandwiches in a bag, like for me and him and like chips and drinks. And I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I got, I got his lunch. I'm like, babe, it's noon. Like we're going to go eat lunch right now. He's like, oh, well, oh, we are? I'm like, well, yeah. Like, what did you think we were going to do? Anyway, I got so annoyed. I was so pissed. And I'm like, I don't want to have a turkey, turkey in a bag. I don't want that. I'm sorry. And I was just so, uh, like, so annoyed. And I want to know, is it, like, did I overreact? Because it just felt super irritating that he didn't have any idea that we were going to have lunch. And if I, because I did not communicate that, I'm like, okay, that's my fault. I, I can take ownership on that. No problem. But wouldn't you think he'd like send me a quick text? Hey, babe, what was the plan for lunch? Do you want me to grab us all lunch on the train or do you want to wait? Or like give me a quick phone call or something like that. Like if the kids are hungry, I get it. Like kids are, you know, kids. They need to eat when they need to eat. But frankly, I would have been like, kids, we're going to be there in 10 minutes. Go upstairs, sit down, wait, and then we're going to go to lunch right away. Right? Oh, my God. I just literally like lost it. I was like, how does this guy... I told him, I said, the fact that you didn't even think that we might possibly want to go get lunch and didn't think to call me or ask and just did this like is like baffling. But I want to hear your thoughts. Is it like, is this a guy thing? Is it a Brian thing? I'm not really sure, but I just literally wanted to choke him out anyway. So that was not a good moment. Um, the kids slammed down their food. Brian's annoyed because I'm making him hold our turkey in a bag and walk down the stairs and get the kids off the train, all that stuff, because we literally got there and the kids were still eating. And I'm like, oh my God. So we get off the train and we go across the street and we sit and we eat. And Brian was like looking for somebody perhaps that was homeless or someone that could use the sandwiches because he doesn't want to waste it. And he ends up giving it to the guys that work there because he has restaurants and he knows that a lot of the um, staff members might be hungry in their shift and whatever. So he ends up giving them our food. And then we ordered, I had a chicken Caesar salad. It was okay. And then he had uh, open faced, some kind of breakfast sandwich, eggs, you know, 
whatever, bacon, egg, BLT. Okay, so we do that. Now here's where things got really good. So then I felt better after I ate. Everyone's good, everyone's fine. We're all happy. We go across the street and we go to the Moxie Children's Museum, which by the way, I've heard is great, but I just like never went. We went yesterday and it was awesome. The kids loved it, loved it. You walk in, first of all, from the time that you get there, they have a children's door entrance. It's the cutest thing. They have like a mini door that your child walks through and the kids just are immediately like engaged, you know, because they think it's so cute that they have their own special door. And the kids were there for like an hour and a half just playing. Like I didn't know what to expect. But like, it's just the kids get like immersed in all these different activities and you as the parent can kind of go and like either watch them or support them. And there are all these different activities. Like there was a guitar that was probably the size of a regular room. And so the kids could like play like this ginormous guitar. It's on my Instagram. If you look, I made a reel and they did this other activity where you jump and then it does like slow motion and you can see how high you go or you walk up across this like this you walk across this little pathway and it has like a sound monitor and the goal is to get the lowest score and so it's like you walk across and when you look down it's like these little rocks like mini rocks like gravel basically so the whole exercise is like how quiet can you be walking across gravel and like it scores you so then like the kids are like oh I want to beat your score and like that whole thing so that was like every single thing there takes up like at least 10 to 20 minutes and it's just amazing and then you go upstairs and there's just so many different different things to play with that it's even hard to describe but there is a an outside area and you go up there and you guys I'm like oh my god I should have gotten married here like it is the most breath it's an outdoor part of the museum it's rooftop it's like on the rooftop basically and it's safe because they have plexiglass all over and it's a huge rooftop and they have more kind of activities for your kid and it's just the most beautiful views it is like incredible this is all in Santa Barbara in case I didn't state that I think I did yes like it was like breathtaking views so beautiful the weather um the kids were having a ball it was just such a great time honestly it really really genuinely was so fun it wasn't too crowded not too expensive um I don't remember how much the tickets were but I think the train for for four of us two kids two adults on coach was like 138 dollars and then the tickets were like 18 dollars a piece or something and like 12 dollars for the kid it was like super super just awesome. And then you can actually bring in your own snacks and they have a snack area. They don't really sell food there. So that's something to be aware of if you're going to go. Um, yeah, but we had eaten before, as you guys know. And um, yeah, so you can just kind of go there. It takes about an hour and a half to get through. And then so we did that. We had the best time. And then we had another like two and a half hours. So we're like, OK, now what? So we go to the visitor center, which is across the way. And you could actually rent those like bikes and I'm like oh let's like rent those bikes and the kids can like sit on there and it'll be so fun we'll be like the family biking around Santa Barbara we're gonna be we're gonna have such a fun time it'll be so cute and the the guy at the visitor center he's like so my friends and I were really fit and we went three weeks ago and we were just just wrecked we were so tired and so sore it's way hotter than you think and the kids will not help you pedal it's gonna be a lot 
So he kind of talked me out of it. And I was like, okay, thanks for the warning because I'm actually like not up for that right now. So thank you. So we skipped that. And then we went next door to McConnell's, which is McConnell's ice cream is like famous. I have no idea why it's famous. They said that sometimes there's a line like around the block for like 25 minutes. I don't know. Anyway, Brian waited in line for like 10 minutes. We sat inside. We got mint ice cream, peanut butter ice cream, like nothing crazy. I don't really understand what the big hype was, but it's a great location. It's right by the pier, but it was good. It was enjoyable. You know, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know what was so special about it. Um, I think it might just be the location because you're right by the beach and I think people are just like hot and they're on their way back to the train or whatever. And by the way, this, the train does drop you off right on State Street if you want to go. So that's like the main drag. And then the museum is like literally five steps away. It's right there. It's so great. Um, so anyway, we have our ice cream. It was awesome. Then we walked down the, the pier and Charlotte's like, what's a pier? I'm like, oh my God. So that was really fun to show her what a pier is. And there was kids that were kayaking and it was just a really beautiful beach day. And we end up walking and seeing that they have an aquarium too. So we go in the aquarium and Brian like loves all the like sea life and all that stuff. So him and the kids, they were like petting the sharks and petting this. I guess there's like sharks that don't bite. I had no idea. I'm like, I don't know. This is not my journey. I'm not. Yeah. So I ended up kind of like having a little time out, quiet time for myself and like relaxing for a little bit and really just taking tons of pictures of Brian and the kids because they were just like touching the sea anemones and all that stuff. So, and they also had an upstairs area. So it was like two floors and just the views outside of the aquarium right over the ocean were just stunning. And there was just boats everywhere and it was so relaxing. I definitely recommend this kind of trip. Um, it was just such an upbeat, fun day. And, um, yeah. So then we walked back, we went back to the train and we came home and, it was just, you know what? It was a great family day out and it was like a good, like we left, it was like at 9.30 to 6.30 or something. It was like a full day and it was not super expensive. It was kind of logistically all very easy and enjoyable. In fact, I would probably even do that and probably get like an Uber to one of the hotels nearby and like spend the night there and do do that with the kids too. That would be another thing. Or you could also go wine tasting if it's just for you and your husband. That's another thing. The couple that we know that had, or that we met, um, they ended up, you know, their kids are all grown now. So it was just them. They're like, Oh, we're just wine tasting. We saw them. They're like, we had the best margaritas. They were like passed out. <laughs> they had too many drinks. It was so funny. Um, yeah, so that was our Labor Day weekend. And then this morning we went to Lovey's. By the way, if you have not been to our family restaurant, we own Lovey's Deli in Calabasas. We also own Country Deli in Chatsworth and Agora Deli in Agora Hills. So if you guys want some kind of like traditional meets modern cooking, like it's good hangover food, it's good comfort food. The, let's see, the Chinese chicken salad is huge. You know, any really any pastrami sandwich, corned beef, any of those kind of classics. Just so there's just so much good stuff. Blintzes. Yeah. So go check that out. Of course, matzo ball soup when it gets cold. Yummy. So good. So yeah, those are our restaurants. So we actually went there this morning and met friends and then we ran into our best friends that they own a restaurant. So it was a really busy um, day and a half. 
And um, yeah, we've just had a really great three-day weekend. So I hope you guys have too. And then today we actually have a carnival we're going to and then Carter's soccer practice. So lots going on here at the Lovey House. And Brian's working today. And so it's me and the three kids. So that's always a lot because our nanny and our housekeeper are off today. So I hope they are relaxing because we all know how much they deserve all of the relaxation, the R&R. So yes, okay, now I wanna switch gears with you guys. I, there's, there's been something on my mind that I've been meaning to talk to you guys about. And the first thing is around something that men do really well that women don't. So this is where we're gonna put on our business hat. I wanna to talk to you ladies that are listening about the fact that women do not do this one thing that men do really, really well. So I've had the pleasure of being around very successful entrepreneurial men or businessmen, you know, most of my career. And it's really, I'm lucky that I've had the exposure to be around not just men, not just men that are successful, but it's just, it's great to really soak in just by proximity, kind of how these guys operate and observing them. And the other day I sat back and I thought, you know, when I really think about all the men I know, they all are constantly doing this and none of the women do it ever. I don't even do it. And I'm starting to do it. So here's what it is. Men are really great about constantly making deals with each other. And I mean business deals, whether it's an investment, whether it's a partnership, any kind of business venture, men don't do the whole like, oh, I'm on my own. I'm trying to do it myself thing. And I notice there's a lot more female like solopreneurs, a lot more women that are in business for themselves. If you really notice, a lot of them are on their own. Not all of them. Again, not all. I'm just saying that I think there's a lot of women out there that are incredibly smart beyond capable. We all know what, you know, women bring to the table and absolutely crush it. And the reason why they're not as successful as men is because men work together. They work together and they make deals together constantly. So for example, I'll be like sitting with the founder of my company and he'll be like on a conference call talking about one subject. And then he'll be like, Oh, how'd you get into that business? And then they'll be talking and be like, Oh, great. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to invest. Let's meet. Let's yeah. I'd love, I, that sounds like a great business. I'd love to be an investor. It's like, boom, investment. And then it's like, Oh yeah. Why don't you come on board? Come work for us. Come do this. Boom. Or, Hey, we should get together and partner and do this other thing. Boom. And I see it over and over with men that are entrepreneurial or like big businessmen where they naturally, like they pull in their own team members or family, their friends to work with them. And they're just always making offers with each other. And like with women, here's the thing. When you do this with women, what I found is that a lot of times women go on the defense quickly. And I think that's the thing that we have to stop doing and that we have to, I think women do this because we're more guarded and we're very relationship-based. Men, you can like pitch them pretty cold and not even know them that well and they will go into business with you or they'll like make a deal or they'll at least be open to a conversation. Women, it's like we're so clannish and so relationship-driven and like our guards are up that like 
I don't know. We're so discerning, which I think serves us on so many levels, but I feel like we're too guarded. Like we're so guarded to the point where even when it's like obvious that two women together would be more powerful in like a business venture, like women still don't naturally want to do it. And it's like when you start to breach the subject, some women will go for it. But like a lot of women are very like defensive and protective and like they don't even want to have a conversation. And it's very like, I don't know. I know that it's very specific, uh, sorry, situation specific. And I understand that. But it's also like if you're friends with someone and you've known them for a very long time and they come to you with a potential business opportunity, you should add a minimum listen, like give it an open mind and an open heart and like be open and receptive to it. And I feel like in not doing this, men who, in my opinion, broadly speaking, women out outwork men in the home and outside. And I'm sorry if that sounds horrible, but I do feel like I know that that's a huge generalization, but I feel like men are more successful oftentimes because they have power and numbers and they don't do that my way or the highway or you know just my way like just me by myself like they don't they partner with each other they team they leverage each other's skills and i don't know i just feel like women need to start making more offers so here's another example there was a group of women that they approached me and they wanted me to participate in their brand and like i'm sitting there listening to them and i'm like helping them and i'm coaching them and whatever because i love their idea they have this amazing concept um you'll probably hear more about it. But I'm sitting there listening. I'm thinking I would totally invest in this company. And I haven't made the offer yet because I don't I don't know that they're fully at the point that I think they should be for a true investment, but I'm helping them get there. But like I'm looking at these women and I'm not going to just sit there and, you know, give them information for free. I also want to like put money behind it and help them get get it off the ground. Right. So I want to invest in women and I want to make deals with them and I just think it's important as women that we make our own business dealings as well and go proactively seek out opportunities to lift up other women, to invest in businesses, and also just like collaborate. Like another one of my friends, she's kind of starting her own business right now and I see her off on her own and it feels like she's really crushing it, but it feels like, God, if I was involved with that with her, it would be like I could help her so much. I don't know. So that's just something that, you know, if a woman introduces a way for you to make money, that doesn't mean that they're sleazy. I think that there's this feeling of like, if you bring up making money with each other, it's like a no-no. And we need to stop that as women because we're not in like the 1950s. Like a lot of us are, I'm running a company that, you know, does a lot of business. It's a, it's a really successful company right now. Like I have you know, real business experience. And so it's like, if I'm coming to somebody saying, hey, we can make a lot of money together and here's how, you know, I feel like if somebody shuts you down quickly, it's like odd and it's borderline offensive because it's kind of like, wait a minute, so you don't actually trust me as a business person because you're sitting here in one breath saying like, you think I'm such a smart business person. And then I turn around, present you with an opportunity. And whether or not you you choose to move forward is 100% your choice, right? Like you have to be comfortable, period, end of story. But I think that with women, what I'm specifically talking about is that they will have a knee-jerk reaction, like a hard no, if you start talking to them about ways you can make money with them or a potential opportunity. And it's like, we shouldn't, be afraid to talk about money like 
not in this day and age. I mean, we're not sitting there like, oh, how much do you make? I mean, look, even if you are and it's your good friends, you're allowed to do that if you want. I don't agree that women should not talk about money at all. I think that that is like so outdated. I think it's the worst advice. And I think more women need to talk about money opportunities together, how much they're making and sharing how other women could be making more money just as easily. Because why? The men are doing it. The men are doing it. The men are honest with each other and they actually are like, hey, yeah, oh, you're making this much there. Hey, work with me. I'll give you this much more. It's like, okay, done. You know, and women, we're capable of running these businesses and making investments, but we're, if we keep limiting ourselves kind of as a society and like confusing, you know, different like gender roles and things like that, when you're in the context of like speaking of business opportunities, when you're in the context of speaking of business opportunities, you're allowed to talk about money and you need to be, and women need to stop shunning that. It's not a dirty thing to talk about money. Um, It's also not a dirty thing to sell. When I was teaching my business courses, I had to undo so much thinking with these women that were not successful in their businesses. And it's like, they're sitting there working so hard and their businesses are failing. Why? Because they don't have money in their business. I'm like, you guys realize that money in your business is fuel for your business. You cannot run a business. Like it is the oxygen to your business. If your business does not have dollars in it, you don't have a business. Guess what? You're working for free and you're not going to sustain. So with that, you have to be uh, like allowing yourself and get comfortable with making offers to other women. And the one thing I'll say is when you're selling to women, you want to sell, like you cannot sell to a woman the same way you sell to a man, right? When you sell to a man, you can cold call them, you can cold message them and DM them. They might be responsive. Not always, but they might. They might. When you cold call a woman or like just approach her like, and you don't know her at all, it's like a hard no. It's like a, ugh, who is this sales, this creepy, cheap salesperson? So Knowing that, you have to sell to a woman the way that you would want to be sold. So what I say is you have to sell, when you're a woman selling, you don't sell like a man. You need to sell authentically and in a way that feels natural to you and so that you don't feel like you're cheesy or pushy or cheap or any of those things. You should be totally authentic and love what you're doing and explain to somebody why this is a great move for them or a great product or a great service and do it with passion and exude confidence. Now, the way I kind of summarize that is I say women should always sell from the inside out. So that means come from within, come authentic because other women, they kind of feel that passion and love and sincerity and it builds credibility and women are very intuitive. So if you don't build that kind of rapport with them and connection and like warm them up, it's going to be, you know, no chance basically of making that sale. So I would say if you have a business, do not be afraid to make offers. People cannot buy from you if you don't make offers and you don't give them a chance. Um, Speaking of that, I'm actually going to introduce to you today, right here, right now, um, this is not planned, but I think since I just talked about that, I have been wanting to share this opportunity. So in my company, we actually do have affiliate programs. And essentially what we do is we have a credit card processing company. We are not the processor. We're a sales organization, payments processing. So I came into this business because 
my father-in-law and my husband have their restaurants and we've been processing our credit cards at our restaurants from this company goat payments and so basically the founder of the company had approached me and i ended up working for him after a long thoughtful period of time it just made sense so here's the thing we have other businesses that refer our company but we also have independent sales reps where that's like their full-time job then we have this kind of third bucket where we just have people that refer our business so for example any single person out there, if you know a business owner, if your friend owns a dry cleaner, if your friend owns a vape shop, if your friend owns a restaurant, if your friend has Christmas trees that they sell during the holiday, you refer them over to us and we explain to them how we can save them money for free. We walk them through it. We're transparent. We have a team of analysts that it, they're experts in doing this. And we basically can show them how we can save them money. And if we cannot save them money, we pay them $1,000. And we always can save the money 100% of the time. Um, so I'm saying that to you guys because I know there's a lot of women out there that are just trying to like make side money. Everyone has a side hustle. And it's really great if you can refer. I have a friend of mine that she's referring us a liquor store. It'll be 500 extra dollars in her pocket and we're saving the business owner how much? $600 a month in processing fees. So it's a win-win for everybody. It's a really great way for you to make extra income as you're thinking about the holidays. And what I love about this and one of the big reasons why I chose this job is I love creating a deal that's win-win-win. What do I mean by that? Whenever you know, and this, I actually used, I actually learned this when I was in negotiations class at USC getting my MBA. And a good deal is a good deal when everyone gains something, right? Usually everyone has to concede a little something and everyone has to gain. So for me, the way I always look at a deal is did everybody walk away with something good, that something better out of this deal? So in this scenario, if say you refer us, what happens is we, not only do we pay you the referral fee that you get, which is a percentage of our income at my company, but we're saving the merchant money. So my company makes money, you the referrer make money, and then you have the merchant, the business owner, who is most likely, most likely a small business owner. And every single one of us is saving money in that scenario or making money. So I really love it because coming from a family of small business owners, I know every dollar counts. And every single day you're pouring into your business and to be able to save these businesses money on their credit card processing, which is something they must have, um, it's just, it's amazing. It's a great feeling to know we're doing great things for a business. And it's a great thing to have my friends, my family, you know, people out there that are just looking to make some extra side money. You can, I mean, you can make more than $500 a month extra. You can make a thousand, two thousand, three. It's quite unlimited. And it's just a matter of who's in your network of business owners that processes credit cards. So, um, and yes, for those of you that are wondering what about online payments? Yes, we process everything. Um, so I'm extending that affiliate program to you guys. If you want to hear more about it, please DM me and I will share how it works. It's really simple. You literally go out there and say a friend of mine owns, or you can say I'm a, I'm an affiliate of goat payments. Hey, you know, if you send us what you're currently paying today, 
then we can analyze it. They can analyze it for you and get on the phone with you and explain it to you and kind of walk you through exactly where and how they can save on your credit card processing. And it's really that simple. So yes, please send me a note about that. I'm extending that to you. I wanted to wait a little bit until I had a better understanding of kind of the industry. But, you know, I'm here to help other women rise. And it's like, why not give everyone a chance? Go out there, go make some money. And you're a stay-at-home mom or you're, you know, a working mom, whatever your case is, everyone can use an extra couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars. I mean, what would that mean? You could get a, a new car. You could... You could join a country club. You could have extra spending money for yourself. You could get a personal trainer with that money. I mean, that money can go a really long way. You can get your kid, you know, extra lessons and something they're interested in. I just feel like it's important to spread that opportunity out there and I feel really good about it. So yes, with that, um, please let me know what you guys think of these episodes. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again for joining me on this 100th episode and I'm super excited to continue podcasting with you guys. I love you. Please, if this is valuable, rate the podcast five stars and pass it to your friends. Don't don't uh, let it be a secret. Share the knowledge, share the information, and I will talk to you guys very soon. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.